Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast, the first one of 2024. Uh, I took a little bit of time off in between the offseason or the end of the season, and now um, we've got plenty of excuses of why we haven't, but we're back on it, and uh, we've got a ton to cover from an off-season uh, Kool-Aid drinking, unbelievable amount of content to cover uh, as far as the off-season championship that we are steaming towards right now. Uh, we're pumped to bring it back to you. Uh, before we kick off, as always, a word from our sponsors, which is just us, the Husk Guys store. If we die, we die. We've got some good stuff. We've got hats. We've got cool Omaha gear. Andrew's rocking some of the newer stuff. This is the year Omaha stuff. Uh, Pipeline Jerky. Make sure you go to pipeline-jerky.com and support the boys up front. And with that, Andrew, how are we feeling in the new year? Oh, man. I mean, it's good to be back. I It's been, for being an off-season, it's been an incredible amount of emotion, and there's an incredible amount to consume. Like, you thought the season ended, and, God, we just, we just hit the ground running. The there was no break. There was no break. There was no, like, like, okay, here, you get a few days to just rest your brain from Husker football and recover. No, it's just it just got off and running, and uh, yeah, excited to talk about it. The thing I wanted to start with, because I was thinking a lot about this as we um, were kicking this thing off, is how much um, healthier I am in the off season. Like I, I've always said this over and over again: physically, um, mentally, all of it, emotionally, yeah, spiritually. Like I, I think that I always say this, and I've tweeted about it tons of times. Of I love the offseason. I love everything about it. I love the recruits, the transfer portal, the new coaches, the drama, like everything that happens. But I've also realized very personally for myself, like I'm healthier now. Like I put on 10 pounds during the season of just stress eating and oh, just, yeah. just stress eating and not sleeping and feeling yeah. terrible and anxiety and all this stuff. And now all of that's like been well, you cured. Have to. Don't blame yourself for that. <laughs> and now it's like I'm exercising every day. I've lost that weight. I feel great. My energy's at all time highs. I feel right. like fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of looking at like the balance of 2023. And I was like, for nine months of the year, I'm pretty healthy. Three months of the year, just I'm, I'm a mental head case. I'm a disaster. I'm an anxiety <laughs> mess. And now I feel great again. So I think we're back. That's what I'm feeling. That's why I'm, that's where from a healthy yeah. standpoint, I think we're all the way back. I mean, your health is an analogy for Nebraska's season in 2023. I mean, it started with so much hope. And then, you know, the wheels kind of came off towards the end. Um, and your year came off the, the tracks towards the end. All of it. But in January, hope springs eternal. Hope it's springs eternal. Time. Yeah, it's like New Year's resolutions. But I thought, you know, new me. New it's year, like new, new, year, new me, New Year, new Huskers, all of it. But I, I've realized at a very deeply personal level, I was like, God, that like, you just really let yourself go towards the end of the year. Just deep depression, four straight losses. Like yeah. all the hopes and dreams are gone. You have to watch all these, like even the bowl game, the entire season just pisses me off. Yeah. Down. You're just stressed. The whole thing bothers me. It's miss like, oh, you know, you're like Minnesota's playing in a bowl game. That pisses me off. You got to watch Iowa play in a bowl game and not score the entire game. That pisses Couldn't me off. Couldn't score. Couldn't score. Didn't even bother. Like all of it, just even, every aspect. Score a point. I don't even enjoy the bowl season because I'm like, we didn't make a bowl. It just pisses me off. But then now that it's all behind us, God, I feel I feel great again. I feel great again. <laughs> All the way back. So yeah. that was my top of the hour, like healthy side. I was like, God, I feel great. I can't. I, why do I feel so great? It's like, oh, because I'm no longer miserable about 
Yeah. All of the I terrible mean, things. You just got to flush it and, and move on to the healthier parts of you. There's, there's so much to look forward to. And uh, every bit of news that drops that gets the, the hope and the hype rolling again, it's like a, it's like a hit of dopamine. Like you can't, it, it's, it feels like you're winning a game in the off season and, and there's, there's no real feeling like that Yeah, because it's, there's no actual, like, there's no actual tangible ramifications or anything. Well, you that, just, I think like, that's you land a recruit and you're like, we just want another game. We just, but that's <laughs> the, I think the difference in the off season is it's a constant build of yeah. hope as opposed to like every week during the season, there's the stark reminder every Saturday that we're just like, not that good yet. You know, of like, yeah. but during the off season, it's nine months of just like rising, rising, rising Gradual up to the build. right, you know, just like a slow build. And there's no reality check of like, actually, you know, you guys are not that good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of rising, <laughs> maybe you wear a funny shirt. <laughs> uh, so, but one of the things that, I mean, we have not done a podcast since um, what I, I think is, the most important consequential recruit in the history of Nebraska. I mean, is that fair to say? Dylan Rayola is. I would say it's either him or Sue. Yeah. And Sue, Sue was, as, was he as big was a five star? He was a five star recruit, but he yeah. came into the wrong team. Yeah. And so, I, and he was part of you know one of the best recruiting classes we've ever had. Yeah. So here's a good call out. I mean, I was going to say like Tom but Frazier, but the circumstances were, were different. And so I would say that Rayola takes the cake as like, this is the most impactful recruit we've ever signed. Ever. Yeah. I mean, you're coming off of a losing season and you're coming. But because um, Sue was back in like, you know, Bill Callahan, he should not be named, um, was horrible. I mean, one of the worst humans to ever walk the planet. And I don't think that that's um, stating it enough, but he could always recruit. And Sue came in at a, at a great time, but just to like the worst defensive staff ever. And I guess like the tide at that time though was was still like he came in. I think he was a 2005 recruit, mm -hmm. and that class was was our best recruiting class ever. But the years preceding that was like. Yeah, okay, we're not exactly like totally out of the national spotlight or anything at that time. I mean, you're a couple of years removed from appearing in a national title. Um, and emphasis on appearing, because that's about what we did against yeah. 2001 Miami. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's a fair call out. I guess I, I had seen some people say, you know, since Tommy Frazier, but like to me, Tommy Frazier was the icing on the cake that pushed us over the edge, certainly. But that team was freaking awesome. You know, mm -hmm. this is this is we're five and seven coming off and you sign the number one recruit in the country coming off of a five and seven bowlless season and changes everything, which I think we can get into is that, you know, then the ripple effect of the players that then want to come, the wide receivers, the running backs alignment that then want to come as a ripple effect of that, that I just don't think Sue necessarily had that. Like Sue is obviously the, the, you know, the best defensive player we've ever had, but didn't have that like ripple effect of, okay, now I want to come. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. but here's, here's where I want to start. Cause we haven't had the opportunity to like break this down is the timeline and the drama that unfolded following the lost Iowa leading up to 
the signing period of Dylan Rayla. Um, yeah. Cause I think the context of this is, is, is crazy. And it's like one of the wilder periods we've had. Um, like, I think we, we finished the season very obvious, pretty unanimous. We need a new quarterback. Yeah. You know, I think it's Jeff Sims pretty quickly went uh, in the portal and no one even noticed. <laughs> and he it was like, it was like, January... oh, he was there. He didn't have to make an announcement. Yeah, like... January twenty sixth, and he's still is he's unclaimed and has had no seemingly no vested interest in the guy. That is feel, so feel bad for him. Chuba Purdy also in the portal. Um, yeah, he went to Nevada. Yeah, he went to San Jose State, then Nevada. Clearly, yeah. like you know, not a I, what I would say, not necessarily a power five quarterback. And then you've got Harburg still on the roster. Great kid, probably closer to a tight end than a quarterback. But the context being, everybody unanimously, we need a QB, yeah. and days were going by weeks were going by and the portal like exploded of every good player in the country essentially hit the portal. Like I've got the list pulled up, got Kyle McCord. You've got Will Howard, Dylan Gabriel, Grayson McCall from coastal Carolina, Riley Mm -hmm. Leonard from Duke, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Will Rogers coming to Nebraska at one point. Well, that's, that's the, the hope springs eternal is you're like, Oh my God, look at like, you know, that's seven five stars I just listed. Will Rogers, Brock Vandegrift, like Blake Shape and MJ Morris, all of these guys, Cam Ward, yeah. you yeah. know, DJ Ungalungale from yeah. Oregon State, Dante Moore. I mean, that whole list, every one of them is in the portal. Yeah. And then over time, one by one, they're getting you know, they're getting pulled off. And, you know, Dylan Gabriel finds at Oregon pretty quickly. Grayson McCall goes to NC State. Riley Leonard quickly goes to Notre Dame. Tyler Van Dyke goes from Miami to Wisconsin. So I, I was sweating. I mean, you know, there's I think a dozen quarterbacks went off the board by the time we seemingly were doing anything. Yeah, but we were. I think the thing that was great to see was, I mean, Rule made all those statements and stuff as well. Like, hey, here's what a quarterback costs in the yeah. portal, and and um, coach probably getting mad at him for like resetting the market entirely they're like oh god why yeah. did you just why did you just put two million on this guy now this guy wants two million but that was uh that was a truthful statement and i think that it kind of also put on alert like hey nebraska's in the market and we're gonna go out and get somebody um and you know they were they were flying to uh visit cam ward you know they yeah. visited with um like Will Howard. Howard and, then, yeah. and then when kyle mccord came to campus um, I think Husker Nation was in a complete like frenzy. It was yeah. like, oh my God, Kyle McCord's coming, and he's bringing Julian Fleming. And Incredible. like, I was in. This is it. <laughs> I was in. I, I mean, I think there was there was weirdly a divided um, fan base on Kyle McCord, which I thought was weird because he went eleven yeah. and one at Ohio State, and it's like, why would you yeah. not want that guy? And like, like he, so good. He, he essentially broke like almost every Ohio State record, or broke a ton of them. Um, I mean, he wasn't, he's certainly not Justin Fields and he's not, you know, some of the quarterbacks that they've had he's in the past. Tried, he was, yeah. He's pretty darn good. Um, yeah. And he's just on campus and I was into it. I was like, great. Like we need, um, we need a quarterback. And we have, if yeah. we had like a competent quarterback from this year, we would have won eight games. And so I was, I was in, but that, that's what I like. I'll never forget is he was, I was following his visit and he had shown up on, I think I'm pretty sure it was Monday morning. That, now I wish I would look this up. Um, yeah. But it was like a Monday morning and he's like throughout yeah. the day, they're like, he's having a good, you know, he's having a good meeting. If they had pictures right. of him, yeah. you know, he's putting Husker gear on. It was like, this feels and really good. They, 
and they then they projected him to Nebraska on like his the yes. second day of all projections. Yeah. yeah, while he's there, he's gonna sign before he leaves. Crystal Ball was to Nebraska. Crystal Ball, but it was also like he's gonna sign. And so was Julian Flemings, and so was Julian. They're both there. <laughs> and like, if 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 you remember, in the middle of the day, my brain was exploding. If in the middle of the day, though, they the news like just started to hit a little bit. Rayola's thinking about, yeah, he's uncomfortable, yep. and that hit. And I remember what hit me was like a little bit like, okay, Rayola's, you know, thinking about it. And like the, you know, the, the Rayola context is crazy because he's flirted with us for three years and yeah, essentially has like, it's just like, you know, oh, it's like a, it's sort of like just like abusive relationship where he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about Nebraska as, you know, a sophomore. You're like, oh my God, we're going to get don't him. Do this. And, don't just, just, yeah. just don't do this to us. Yeah. He goes to Ohio State. You know, and then yep. he decommits from Ohio State, and he's like, Nebraska's back up there, and you're like, he's trying to come. And then he goes to Georgia, you know, and so like, <sighs> it was almost like we'd done the cycle a few times, and I think people were like, yeah. wait, is he? Is he? Because he was he was down in Georgia, he was moved his whole family to Georgia, whole family. and they were and they were about to start off season practice. So yeah. I think there was an there was an element of like, okay, he's unhappy, sure, got it, but like we got Cobb Court on campus. And then within like an hour, that story just like it got some legs. I mean, it just started accelerating and it went from like he's unhappy to like he's made phone calls to like, I mean, all of a sudden then the big guys started jumping in and like the major recruiters were jumping in yeah. and talking about him. And the the context, which was crazy to me, of like picturing Ray, you know, picturing rules sitting there with McCord as this story explodes and him having to be like, Hey, <laughs> like, I would love to know how he actually handled that. Of like, remember me. <laughs> well, but even like rules sitting there with the cord being like, so I got this call. <laughs> it's guy. We really like from another guy who has, it's not teased you. us. Hey. He has teased us and turned us down. It's four times. It's not your fault. And I know you're sitting yeah. here and I know you want to sign, but also. But yeah. So, well, yeah. I guess the, that is one of the interesting parts of it was that other teams have done this before, um, including, you know, like Tennessee this year uh, with like Joe Milton on campus. And then I am a Leva, how are you say his name? As Nico. Like their, their yeah, Nico. There we go. That's a little easier. Um, as their quarterback of the future. Um You've had, I mean, you've even had teams like Georgia that are, you know, they've got their guy this year and then they're projected, you know, whether it's Vandegrift or Stockton or whatever, their guy of the future. And I don't think Rayola wanted to play that game, but there was a potential scenario where McCord signs and Rayola signs. Incredible. And you say, hey, McCord's only here a year. He's an NFL quarterback. He's coming in. You're going to redshirt and you're going to learn under him. And that, so we, we went from like zero NFL quarterbacks to two first round picks. Yeah. To zero again. Zero. And then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Cause we had like, I mean, that, that day and then that week was so insane because you had two and then 
McCord within, I mean, that's what was so wild about the McCord trajectory was like at noon, he was a Husker and was about to sign, about to get on the airplane and sign and then like was done with it. And by like the time he got on his flight, he was like, I'm out. And like yeah. they released well, a statement. It turned out like, then too that he wasn't out if we were out. Like that well, we, right. didn't even, we never even offered him. Yeah, the whole thing just exploded within, but it was all within like hours. It was insane. Yeah. And but then his was, dad, it turns out, might be insane. Crazy so, guy. Crazy that guy. Yeah, crazy tough. guy. That's a tough look for Kyle when your dad is affecting your draft stock. Not like, great. That's yeah. But that I mean the, the rest of that week at home, dad. Just like don't come. <laughs> the rest of that week though I'll is call you like, after the visit, but just you know, like you kind of if you remember then like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was like Rayola watch, but we had nothing. We had no quarterbacks. And all of those quarterbacks I was talking about were also getting pulled off the board. I mean, during that week, Grace McCall went off the board. Riley Leonard went off the board. Brock Vandergriff went off the board. MJ Morris went off the board. And you're sitting there like, I think we're going to get Rayola. But also, if we don't and we didn't get McCord, like, oh, my God. We have just – What is the plan? We have just royally dropped the ball in a million different ways. And, like, I just remember the temperature heating up like crazy and, like, people were going nuts. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Donnie Raiola went and saved the day. Oh, my God. The best alleged move in I history true. is to go and just barnstorm your brother's house so and good. say, I'm, <laughs> I'm camping out in your house. The story, Oscar Nation, is allegedly that on a little family visit, Donnie Raiola pays to Dom Raiola. Um, to prevent Dylan Rayola from committing and meeting with other coaches, basically camped out in his brother's house, camps out in Dom Rayola's house and hangs out there for a few days on a quote unquote, just family, just visiting family, just hanging out. Oh, by the way, this is the number one most prized recruit in our program's history. And my job might depend on it, but I'm just hanging out. And so anytime that Kirby smart was going to ring the doorbell, uh, Donnie Rayola was going to be there in his boxers answering the door saying, excuse me, we are not available right now. No soliciting. Well, but they can't. He, that was like the alleged loophole in the system was that you can't have multiple coaches visiting at the same time. So yeah. he just, and they had one visiting constantly. He just, <laughs> like Georgia can't walk into they the house. Visiting 24 <laughs> seven. He was just like sleeping in their, in their driveway. I think it's a fantastic story. Cause I think, I mean, that's what we've been texting about it. I mean, for those who don't know, we are brothers, Andrew and I are. And uh, I would do the same thing. If you're, if either of your twins or that were, and I was coaching, 100%. I would not, I'd be, I'd be at your house starting at age 16 through 18. I would just be like, these guys are coming to play for me. Like, fear, that's what's so insane about the whole thing. Yeah, is like, I would petition the state. I'd be like, these parents are unfit. They're not, <laughs> they're not sending their kid to Nebraska. Like, Simon this and Charlie, this Simon guy's and Charlie are coming. They're coming to my school, especially like, I mean, he's a coach there. I mean, yeah, you, I, I'm glad he finally did that. Dom played there. Yeah, I just feel like he, you know, it was some of it was like awesome move, but some of it was also like, what have you been doing in the last three years? How did you not get this guy who looks up to you as your godfather to commit to your school when like, or maybe he knew the whole time? I don't know. But uh, anyway, long story short, I mean, what a week that was because the, 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 added to what I said at the top of my health and anxiety and stress were so bad. That was part of it. I didn't sleep that whole week. I was like, did yeah. we screw this up? Is in that single decision, which I think we can get into, changed the entire trajectory of, I think, Nebraska football. I, I don't even think that's hyperbole. I think that's truly like the, the domino effect of that move 
the wide receivers that now want to come, yeah, the running backs we were able to sign, the linemen that are starting to come, the entire different offense they were able to get, the quarterback coach that we just signed, all of these different yep. pieces. You don't. I don't think Kyle McCord has that kind of a ripple effect by himself. I don't think any of these coach, any of these players we listed, have that kind of a ripple effect. But when you have an 18 year old that has the talent that he has and is the number one player in the country, that to me is like, I mean, that, it's, it's the biggest signing, it's the biggest story of the offseason. And it's, God, I mean, yeah, you do I mean, that, you do that in December. How do you? The offseason title is just locked up. Yeah. The no, it's it's absolutely true because like if you think about the the amount of players and the impact players, like let's say Rayla ends up, um, you know, getting the tragically hurt or something, which would be a totally Nebraska thing to do. Yeah. But well, it's not talking about it. But you take all these other players that, that came kind of as a domino effect um, or possibly a domino effect. And you've got Rayola kind of acting as a peer recruit, like the, the domino effect that they can then have, I think is like, he's basically just the first domino and then everybody else kind of like falling in line is um, I want it to, to, to work out with him, but like, let's just say in a hypothetical, terrible scenario, he gets hurt or something. You still are bringing in all these other players that are like believers and then they buy into the rule culture and then hopefully others kind of come with them. I mean, on in signing week, we had a, we had several big flips that came. Bricks was already in, and he had probably been in for a while, but that's a huge recruit. He was the last week in November, too. Massive. Um, absolutely massive interior line right out of Iowa's backyard. Sorry about it. Um, Vincent Shavers from Miami, Tarver from Miami, Amari Sanders, a quarter or two cornerbacks from Miami, and then Jordan Ochoa just signed last week as well. And then you get into the transfer portal, and all your skill positions are just going up, up, and up. Yeah. Um, that I mean, Dow Dow is Dow Dow is exciting. That, that it's like I don't, you know, I don't know who's going to be throwing to you, but if you've got now Jamal Banks is in, and now Nayer is in, and now you've got Dow Dow at at running back. Those are the domino effects that I think you're saying. Okay, this is where one impact player coming in can change the trajectory of a program if these other guys are falling yeah. in line. Well, I think that was the big piece was. Um... I mean, after we got Rayola, then it was like, okay, you know, who's he going to throw to? Like, you kind of realize you're like, wait, we don't, you know, we, that was such, you know, a position of need this year where you've got Coleman and Lloyd who are just young and Fedoni is great. Um, yeah. But I think there was, that was kind of like the next piece of anxiety. But then it's, it's almost like Rule has, has filled every one of these gaps that we had of like, hey, we need wide receivers. It's like, oh, cool, you know. How about Jamal Banks and you know Isaiah Nayor from from Texas? Right? Yeah. How about two big dudes? Yeah. You know, both six three and up, both yeah. with playing experience, the Power Five experience, both really good players, both highly recruited coming out of high school. Check check. You know, and yeah. you add those guys to Cole Coleman and Lloyd. That's a pretty good. You know, that's some good depth on the wide receiver side, and it gives Rail someone to throw to. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I am a big fan of what they've done so far. So, um. You know, Coleman and Lloyd obviously is the good young stars, but you also have um, incoming freshmen. You know, you've got Devon Hall, Isaiah McMorris coming in, um, and then you add Jamal Banks. He had 59 receptions, 653 yards, four touchdowns in 2023, and he had 42 for 636 and nine touchdowns in 2022. He's 6'4", 205. Isaiah Nayor, he was a star at Wyoming, unfortunately coming off a couple injuries. But then you also have IGC, 
and uh, and Washington coming back too. So now you've got this this room that's a couple guys coming off of injury, a couple guys coming from the transfer portal, and a couple uh, young stars, and a couple that are uh, other freshmen that you know your depth is looking as good as as it has been in, in some time. I think there at wide receiver. Bring in Carter Nelson. He's supposed to be more of like a gadget type player. He's going to be an absolute stud, whether he's a tight end or there's been whispers that they might use him like Debo Samuel. I didn't even realize just how athletic this guy is. Is he that? I don't know. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little dramatic. He's too big for that, but he's a good player. He's wicked athletic. But regardless, you've got some weapons. And then they bring in uh, Mazkua, interior line from Florida. I mean, this guy's built like, I mean, he's, He's it's like an RV, just like parking an RV on your O, o line. He's three hundred and forty pounds. Six foot five. <laughs> yeah, Rail has Rail has done a heck of a job. This is now Donovan Rail has done a great job recruiting. I mean, yeah, he's got he's been able to build in the sense that we haven't had a ton of transfers. Um, he's built some really strong guys. He's got some. I mean, haven't had transfer out. We've had some good transfers in. Got some really good recruits. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it gives you a lot of hope that if he can steady so, that line. Yeah, and I like not to harp on it too much, but let's just go back to the time when we all wanted Donnie Rayola fired. Yeah, and Matt Rule said, "You know what? The only assistant I'm keeping on the staff is Donnie Rayola," <laughs> and we all said, "Okay, what the hell are you thinking?" Yeah, and I mean, look now. So he's been one of our best recruiters. He literally camped inside of the top recruit in the country's house to bring him in. He's bringing in O-line players and the O-line I, I feel like actually is improved as well. Like just yeah. as a unit from a coaching standpoint. So Don Rayola shouts out to him like for sticking it out. Oscar nation wanted him dead. And uh, we just, with Oscar nation, we're eating our words. I think we're just so, we're so broken as a fan base that like, you know, you just sort of just constantly need to fire someone over and over again for 20 years for just like something like that. Just for whatever reason, that's just become the immediate, like, why just, just fire someone, you know, and like, it's just, just not yeah, a way to build a program. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. You think about any other line of work where you just like get fired every year, just for like, <laughs> you just boo them and, you know, but I think, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's proving to have a little bit of stability. I mean, the stability side, I, I guess, um, that to me, I, I hope starts to play out here in year two and year three of like, there's so much chaos throughout college football right now with, you know, Saban just left, retired. Harbaugh yeah. just went to the NFL. You've got DeBoer who's, you know, went from, he's gone from Washington. So they need a new coach. Like that chaos that then creates, yeah. you know, Alabama just lost 25 players to the portal yeah, I mean, two, overnight. Two playoff teams just lost their coaches. Yeah, and then Michigan's about to get their roster raided by the Prince of Portal too, because Harbaugh left and Washington is Wait, losing is a punt. Three. <laughs> yeah, and DeBoer, all coaches. three. Yeah, three out of four. Um, and then uh, that, there's so much of that going on that I guess like that's where as you start to go through this, and I'm thinking about where we were last year when you know he was kind of scrambling to put together portal players and sort of bridging the gap between you know Frost yeah. players with Mickey Joseph's players with these players that it's kind of encouraging. They're like, all right, we didn't have a ton of transfers. We got a lot of guys coming back. Um, we got a lot of good portal players that have come in. So I think it's, you know, at that level, 
I think having like even one year of stability in the modern day college football, is like, I think it's going to help so much. Yeah. I think that the, um, the timing on the rule hire, like also can't be, you know, understated enough. Like for us to have this last year and then go into this next year with some recruiting momentum and, and that stability in a time where the entire, literally the entire alignment of the entire, every single conference is getting blown up and changing and everything. You got all of these different uh, coaching carousel hires and stuff going on right now. I'm just glad to like not be a part of that and instead be just completely focused on our off season title run. Yeah. I do love a good, I do love a good coaching search. Um, yeah, it's true. We've, I mean, it, <laughs> we've been a part of some great ones, you know, and you know the thrill of the thrill of seeking oh, I, a new coach. Is, the thrill of seeking a new coach is also great. Yeah. But I, in in the true context of building an actual team, I mean, yeah, I just, we're, we're been following, the even following. I mean, follow like what what's happening in Alabama and Washington and stuff. Like it's January twenty sixth, and they've they're yeah. down. Both of them are down twenty starters. It's like how do yeah. you you know. It's late January that you missed the entire recruiting period. You've missed the entire, like everything. And spring we're like, starts in we're, yeah, we're getting ready for spring ball. And these guys don't even have any players on their team. I'm sure they're going to be fine, but like, I don't yeah. know. Or Alabama. The new, the new rules are crazy that Michigan's about to lose all their players. January, again, January, late January, you're about to lose all your players. Like what a terrible time to lose half your roster. Yeah. I mean, I hope they do, but yeah, yeah. but also sorry. No, I, I love it, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think the biggest thing that is, like, reassuring me, though, is that, um, you know, we we were never going to get, like, all the top stars and everything, but we are getting the, I think we are getting the best players that are going to play the right roles here. Like, we're, we're plugging areas of need, and you can totally tell on what they're recruiting. We had eight out of our... 25 uh, freshmen, maybe it's 26 now, but um, are defensive backs. And that's like one of our biggest areas of need. So they're, they're plugging that area. They're just kind of starting young there. Quarterback, check. Offensive line, other than Muskua, we're bringing in, um, you know, a, a great crop of young freshmen as well there. And we're returning a good amount, like even Ben Hart recommitting. Um, looks like huge to get him to buy back in. Yep. Um, and then wide receiver, like those are probably our, I would rate those as our top four needs, defensive back, quarterback, O-line, wide receiver. Um, you know, arguably getting like some more edge rushers and stuff would be um, probably up there as well next and, and still is a possibility. But regardless, I think that's what's exciting me is that it, is that it, it like we're seeing things the same way as the staff. Um, and then the final thing would just be uh, our coaching staff. Pretty much anything to take uh, the pressure off of Satterfield would be uh, seen as a positive. Yes. And so we just hired Glenn Thomas this last week. Um, dude that comes in with a, a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of experience. Like he, he developed a bunch of different quarterbacks, including Matt Ryan in the NFL. He had his hands on P.J. Walker. Um, he had uh, Charlie Brewer was up for the Davey O'Brien Award. That was back when um, he was in Waco as well. That was with Matt uh, Rule, too. He's got connections. He just came um, back from the NFL as well. And I think he's essentially 
prepared. I would be, I would love to go like behind the scenes with, you know, what, it, what went into the discussion with Dylan Rayola, Tom Rayola, um, Matt Rule, Satterfield, like did they say, you guys need to bring this in, uh, a quarterback coach in, or did they, did Matt Rule basically make that decision and say, yeah, you're going to come here and we're going to hire this. Like, I, I well, they got, he, they all have, they're all connected somehow. Right. What's like the lynch. Yeah. He's, he's connected through Baylor, but he also knows and the Rayola's somehow. At Temple and Baylor with him. Yeah. But doesn't he have some, he has some connection to the Rayola's too. Sorry. In some capacity. Rayola um, went to Nebraska. Did you know that? Well, right. But I thought, I thought Glenn Thomas had coached Rayola in some capacity, some, in some quarterback camp or something like that. I thought maybe I just made that up, but uh, regardless, I mean, you take the pressure off him, and then and the other guy you're not mentioning is is Holgerson, who's Dana Holgerson, oh, who was allegedly on campus. The people That's have pictures in the back of his head, um, and some people are saying, "Look at by the way." Yeah, he's got he's got a buyout allegedly. The flow That's is as good as ever. February first, that he might be coming on as an analyst in some capacity. I'd love him as an OC entirely, but. Um, understand that, that he's for whatever reason, like rule is really doubling and tripling down on Satterfield, which is sort of interesting. Um, you got to figure he's probably got one year to be like, all right, you've got a generational quarterback. If you screw this up, you're gone type thing. But even regardless, you know, you add the, the experience that Thomas had you, and if Holgerson truly comes, that's some great experience to help, um, you know, Rayola to learn the game. And I, I don't oh think, gosh, yeah. I think from a Holgerson standpoint, you think about why he'd potentially be interested in this. He just got fired. He made a bunch of money, but do you, does he come to Nebraska without Rayola? Does he come without rule? You know, like, or do you go because you're like, well, this is the you know opportunity to groom and develop like the number one quarterback in the country. I, I um, mean, he's the best. He's one of the best offensive minds. Like in, in, the, in game. the game. Yeah. I'd agree with that. It I mean, his offenses are, his offenses are always fun. I was I was also I was I was disappointed because I, I went down I immediately went down a Holgerson rabbit hole. I thought he had Perfect. coached the West Virginia um, Pat White teams, Steve Slate oh, teams. Yeah. He didn't. No, that was a while ago. Uh, was a long time ago. Yeah, that was that was that was different. I was like I was like oh my god, it's this okay. Coach, his West Virginia teams had some decent offense. They were still awesome. They were still awesome. But I was like, if he coached, if he's like replicating. The Steve Slayton, yeah. Pat White offense in Nebraska. Oh, like, I mean, oh everybody loves those days. I mean, forget it. Forget it. Steve Slayton. Good Lord. <laughs> I'll throw back. Oh, so good. Nobody going best. back to his time, like at Houston and everything. I mean, good teams. He's had mm-hmm. – offense has, has been his identity, and so having him as a quote-unquote analyst on the staff, even if you get him for – because he's a guy that you get him for one year, you know, yeah. maybe two, like if you're lucky. And this was always the Alabama plan as well. Well, yeah. I mean, you what know, if we become region was an offense analyst with yeah. with Alabama at one point. So is head I mean, coach of Texas. So like Lane, that's Lane that's Kiffin the like, idea. Well, I think for any of those guys, that's what's like. I would love to become now that Saban's gone. And like, what if we become the new rehab, the coach rehab place, right? Like Lane Kiffin went to rehab himself. Should we just bring Saban in? <laughs> no, but dude, like all these, all these young coaches. You could retire in Lincoln. You remember how, like, he basically so he said Lane Kiffin went through there, and he went through rehab there, and like Sarkeesian went through rehab there, and like all these coaches become Bill O'Brien. You should choose a different word. I think he actually went through rehab there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm going for like I'm going coaching for, rehab as well. Coaching, coaching rehab. These yeah. guys get fired. 
You know, yeah. Sarkeesian was a miserable disaster at USC. He got fired. He went to Alabama and now Washington. He went to Washington. Well, he started at Washington. He got fired from USC. And then yeah. and then Saban picked him up after that. And then he went. It's like then he was like the, you know, he went through Saban's program. Um Saban same the Saban School of Broken Coaches. Yeah. Bill O'Brien fired. Now he's the offensive coordinator back at Ohio State. Like he went through the Saban school. I mean, I would love for Rule to be like that guy. Um and the more I see, I mean, the more I see Rule too, he's got like he's got a great ability. I mean, he obviously is a fantastic public speaker in order, but like his story's cool because he's able to talk about the NFL and failure and what it's like to fail. I think that story really resonates with players of like I've coached in the NFL. I also know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to succeed. You know, like I feel like he's got a really good like balanced story to tell. Um, and maybe that works for these coaches too, to be like, all right, this guy, you know, he's in he's in college. He also coached in the NFL. Like he can help me catapult to my next thing. Anyway, it's cool. It could be interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's nothing but good things for Nebraska. Like you get a guy like that to just surround your other coaches with another, you know whether he's broken or not like another great head coach is not a bad thing to just have patrol on yeah. your sidelines i think especially since like the our current all of our coaches now are so young yeah um Could like across across experience. the board i mean we're just young across the board that i yeah. think having, i mean even and like glenn thomas he's been around for like almost 20 years now yeah so that's just another way of like beefing up your staff, you know. But yeah, you know, we got like knows as well, of course. But like babyface wide receivers coach, we've got you know Satterfield. Oh, you know, we we just are so like young across the board. It'd be good to have some experienced eyes on the program. But yeah, no doubt about it. And I think we've got a lot to look forward to in the off season. Um, yeah, one of my favorite quotes and stuff so far. Like one of the big things that keeps the off season hype train rolling is like every time you see a quote about like. You know, it's always something like like hard work and like nothing can keep us down and like I'm a lion and uh, like that just gets the hype. So good. It's like a it's like gas for the tank a little bit. It's a rule at this coaching forum the other day. Leaders are the ones who sprint forward and have everyone follow and you sprint out into the unknown. You sprint out when it may be a little bit dangerous. You're the guy that walks out there first. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is the he's like Jesus. You might as well just say, "Is this was this from the Bible or Matt Rule's mouth?" I don't know. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's the master. He's got the "if we die, we die." He's got the he's, his sound bite. So good, so good, and that keeps me going. But I, we've got a lot to look forward to in the off season too. I mean, you can't you cannot understate the uh, the photos and videos of lifting sessions that are going to come out of winter training when that happens, and like it's it's one of the only times a year where a bunch of adult men are like groveling over like like oh my god this guy put on 10 pounds he looks great he really <laughs> anyway, out. like this is a little weird but everyone's commenting on you know nash Hutmacher's body and <laughs> that's a great time uh the spring ball clips are coming the spring game is announced for april 27th get your tickets uh and then you know i think the other thing that i'm you sort of dread but I guess look forward to is you know there's going to be some decommits during and after spring ball when that next transfer portal period opens. We might bring in, but overall, like we are over the scholarship limit. 
Um, and so I'm interested to see like how that goes. And then of course, summer camp, and that's when we just crown ourselves the title winners again. And and that's the layout. So good. How we're, we're like, aren't we well over? Yeah, we're over the, I think, I think we have a hard time saying no to people. Yeah. Why well, that, that, that's what got a little weird is we're like, we had no players transfer out. There's only like two At or some three point players. we do have to say, Oh, like we're breaking yeah. every rule. I mean, it was like, there's like two or three players transferred and we had like 15 transfer in. You're like, uh, uh, and a full recruiting class. And like, I think we got, yeah. I don't think they can I mean, all so stay. Far, we haven't been hit with that. Like that, like devastating transfer. I did want to keep Chubba Purdy. I would say like, you know, just to have some experience to fall back on again, like we were on our third and fourth string quarterbacks this year. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like it would have been so but Purdy's out. Um Kalen stayed in. Uh we lost like Tame and Lynam, um uh, Baron Miles, Jake Applegate. Yep. Um, there's a couple more that were kind of uh buried on the depth chart there, but there we haven't had the big like Oh my God! The world is over. Yeah, like, like the Nash, has been Nash out or, something. Something. or something. Yeah, like that. Like that would be brutal. But that's the thing that's that I think is keeping so much hope and hype around Rule is that like somehow last year he managed to get the almost the entire team to to like buy back in. Yeah, you know, in the year of a coaching change after another bowlless season. This year, you don't go to a bowl again. We've barely seen any transfers. And in yeah. fact, we're bringing in more people, and we're bringing in one of the biggest freshman classes we've seen. So, Bob, excited. yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of that. It's like too is I guess what I probably had hoped we were going to do last year, and so it's I don't know. It's almost like not that we're a year behind, but you know, I, I guess I always think when a coach comes in, I'd love to have just like year one be like with sixty five freshmen type thing. You know, just like give me like sixty five freshmen, and then you're going to stink for like a year or two or three. But by like yeah. you know by year three, you're gonna be freaking awesome because all these freshmen have started every game of their careers. I don't think you can build a roster that way in the modern day portal era. I think in the modern day era, like there's no promise that any of these guys will be on your team in three years. No. Um, yeah. But I do think we are moving a lot more youthful, and I think if you build that foundation with freshmen and sophomores, I think by you know I think we're two you know we're still probably a couple years away from it being like really really strong. Like even look at like what Michigan built. Like that took him That's a super long interesting. Time. Yeah, well, even like in the McCord, going back to the McCord and Rail the saga, like um Rule said in like a presser, he was like, We we made a program decision um to basically not end up offering McCord. And they I think because at that point knew that Rail was coming, they were like, We're going young. Like we're, yeah, they build, we're, gonna, build we're gonna build this thing up. I mean, they're we're gonna go with a freshman. And yeah. That's insane, but like, just because of the transfer portal, and because these guys can all be one and dones if they want to. Yeah, I think that he's already proven that players are buying back in, which is crazy. But it's it's working so far. Yeah, I think I think a lot of this too will be, it'll be interesting which of these strategies wins out. Like Ohio State right now, um, there's a rumor going around. And all, all of these NIL things are always unsubstantiated, so it's hard to tell what's what. But the rumor going around right now is that they paid $13 million for their latest roster. And because their their transfer portal hall has been unbelievable. Oh, so yeah. they got um, – Because So they got Will Howard. They got the Ole Miss running back. 
Judkins, is that his name? Um, Good. Yeah. So yeah, okay. they basically got yeah they basically got the number one running back, the number one quarterback. They got um, the cornerback from Alabama, Caleb Downs, um, who God that was bless. like you know he was basically the freshman All American, one of the best players in the country. Yeah. So they picked up all those guys, but like they paid, you know, they're clearly investing all of this, and all, they they now have this like kind of patchwork thing coming together. So I don't know. It'll be interesting which of these wins out because I guess as you look at like Michigan. He built that team. Those were all like his guys. He built like a very strong line. He built very strong, you know, those guys played on the team for two, three years before they finally won, you know, and they made it to two playoffs before yeah. finally winning. So I, that's where I'm kind of like, how do you strike that balance of keeping roster continuity for like two to three years while also being like, okay, now we can go out and get the top transfer guy and spend the Ohio State money to get the best running back in the country type thing. Um, I don't know. It's a hard balance of strikes. I, I think all these coaches are can't figure it out. And I also think it's why Harbaugh left. I think it's why Saban retired. I think they just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, Saban, it's mayhem. Saban literally said it. He was just like, he was like, no, I'm done. This, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like mayhem. My energy I mean, is gone. Well, it's like every, every player on your roster is transferring every year is like complete chaos. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It, it's wild to see like, you know, I don't want to give him any more attention than ESPN gives him, which is which is countless hours of our and countless brain cells. But uh, Colorado, they have eight, eight freshmen coming in. Yeah, eight. Their freshman class is less than a third the size of Nebraska's. Yeah. So these are we're we're literally taking opposite approaches. I mean that right. that well he and he has the number one transfer portal class. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. They, they have a huge transfer class. They're just gonna, they're just going to shell out money for players that that they've seen play in college, and the rest are just they got one terrific five star recruit, and then they got seven okay recruits. And yeah. They got eight eight recruits. Yeah. And that's crazy. crazy. Seeing like, these other teams around us that are doing, you know. Basically, things the traditional way, like Georgia. I'm just looking at the commitment totals. Georgia, 28. Alabama, 28. Oregon, 26. Uh, we are in the mid 20s too. So is Miami. So is LSU has 29. Oklahoma, 27. I mean, and then Colorado's eight. So they're taking a completely different approach. But it's also, I mean, it's paying and shelling out for players. It's so freaking blatant what he's doing. I feel like if you really read through to like the true Colorado fans, they're like this guy's leaving, you know, it's, it's so obvious like that he's on this like two year path to like, to win games. Don't tell Colorado fans that they're they're the ones Colorado fans that he's, that he's there for 10 years. Well, but I I think if you read through, I've seen enough message board stuff come out that like the true Colorado fan is like, he is very clearly trying to win right now while his son is still there. Yeah. Yeah, While his son is still there, he'll be there two to three years until his son leaves, which is basically next year. And he needs, you know, he went and got five transfers and all stuff, and he wants to win right now, which, you know, if that's what happens, great. But when he yeah. leaves, holy cow. I mean, they're going to have literally no players. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I'm going to laugh so hard. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, but no, yeah, I don't know which one. I don't know which work, but next year is going to be crazy. I mean, I was pulling up some of our, our games for next year. It's, it's going to be so nuts to see how these guys do with UCLA and USC on our roster or on our mm-hmm. schedule for next year. Yeah. Um, in Colorado. In Colorado. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, I think, I mean, the way that everybody's starting to look at it now, and I'm sure we're going to dive into this forever over the next nine months, but those first seven games, UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, Indiana. What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I can't believe we're going to start 7-0. I mean, I really can't. It's... I mean, 7-0, and then you head into the $13 million roster of Ohio State. Not good, but then UCLA, USC. I mean, if anyone can score a point on Tony White, speaking yeah, of season title yeah. winning moves, God, signing Tony, not Tony White. It's just incredible. But... Yeah, Trev took out the pocketbook on that one. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it'll be, it, it, it's going to be a super interesting year. Um, but I think we're definitely off to a hot start here in the offseason. I think it's uh, a lot of good stuff. Yep, we're going to be bringing podcast every other week or so. Uh, until this thing is uh, really revving up. Um, and then we're, uh, God, I just can't believe spring ball is almost here already. <laughs> spring ball is here. We'll ramp up the content. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be good times. That's so awesome. And then we're back. Best time of year. All right, folks. Thanks everybody for listening. Go big red. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you guys here in probably another couple weeks. Go big red. Yeah. A Heard at Sports Network production.